0: Well hello hello, it is good to see you again and welcome back to the latest installment of Lessons by the Lake. The Oswego Private Wealth Show. Boy, is it good to have you back with us for another wealth management related discussion? I am your host and moderator, Ryan Ruff. And as always, we'll be joined by the star of our show, Mr. Bob Burgeritis, the managing director of Oswego Private Wealth. And boy, do we have a good topic, you know, keyed up for you guys today. If you're, you know, a frequent listener and viewer on this show, you know that Bob and I, boy, have we had a lot of conversations surrounding family wealth and and really just business owners and the family dynamics surrounding those businesses. Well, we're diving really deep into a specific avenue of family wealth today. So let's face it, family conflicts, they exist, right? But boy, can they wreak havoc on a family run business, especially when it comes time to transfer that business, you know, to, you know, Those future generations and but today we're going to be looking at how a well-designed succession plan can not only reduce risk that's involved in the business and the family's wealth as a whole but can also help just facilitate a nice smooth transfer that leaves everyone in that family feeling a little more satisfied about the process as a whole. So that being said let's go ahead and bring Bob on and get today's conversation rolling because boys there are a lot to unpack within this one. Bob it's good to see you today how you doing?
1: I'm well, Ryan. Thanks. Great to see you too.
0: Yeah, yeah. Always good to get together. And we've got a good one to dive into, Bob. Let's just start high level for our audience today like we typically do. Bob, how important would you say is succession planning, especially when there's a family business involved and in the picture?
1: Well, great question. And and let me start out by saying that what, what I'm known for is helping successful business owners become financially independent of their businesses. Often this is... Uh, family-held businesses that are within a few years of making that decision on what do they do with this business, whether it's a transfer to a family member, perhaps even an outside sale. And so what we really do is we have a process uh, to help our clients go from that wondering and worrying to the clarity and confidence of knowing that they're going to be okay and knowing that they can facilitate this transfer uh, and take care of all of the issues because there's a lot going on here. You're essentially... Uh, talking about a business that's had years, decades of going to a certain point. And that's that's often the business owner's other family member, if if you will. And we believe that those business owners deserve to get maximum value for their life's work. And so this process is so important, so critical. And what we found are that many times these business owners are ill-prepared and not particularly well-positioned for making that transfer, because this can and this can result in lower valuations, um, fewer bidders if it's going outside, and sometimes even failed transactions. And I know we're going to dig into it much more today, but we can talk about the, some of the family dynamics and what's what's so incredible there. But we do believe that a business owner needs to have a well-coordinated well thought out process to make this happen you don't just get up one day and say uh son daughter the keys are yours i'm going golfing
0: (laughs) (laughs) sure sure no that's that's great i appreciate you framing it up that way bob so you know in kind of staying high level then how would you say a family-run business uh can assess whether or not there's even a need for uh, succession planning in the first place
1: well, I think, I think there's always a need, um, obviously what else would I say, but I do, I truly, I sincerely believe that there's always a need because you're dealing with two issues that always go on in every family. And number one, it's, it's the technical transfer. It's, you know, how, how do you, how do you do it to make sure you mitigate taxes, make the transfer go properly, stock sale, asset sale, there's all the technical issues involved, but they're also family issues. We always talk about the human element on, on this show, and there can be family dissent mitigation. And the goal is not to have zero family disputes, but to have minimal family disputes and to really kind of work through that process, uh, make sure there are no financial complications. And that can make the difference between success and failure. Uh, I'm sure everybody on the show who runs a business and, or consults with people who, who run family businesses understand the, the odds and the statistics of, a, of a, a founder going to the next generation to the third generation, to the fourth generation, um, how that doesn't happen very often to make it multiple generations. And there are things that we can get in front of addressed now, at least for this generation to the next, and hopefully continue to work with the next generation for that next next transfer over.
0: Roger that. So so given all the variables at play here Bob and those hurdles that need to be climbed throughout this process where does a family start how should a family that owns a business start this process of creating a well you know well-designed well-crafted succession plan yeah
1: well i think the first step as they progress towards their goal of succession of their business i think it's important that they have a process to ensure that their goals are reached and so we utilize at oswego private wealth a six-step exit planning process so the first is to establish those exit goals i mean that's just such a no-brainer is you've got to you know gain the clarity of knowing what do you really want out of this exit before you even start the process Uh, we often ask our clients a question that is 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 this um, and it could be two years three years it could be a year from now whatever the contemplated timeline is to sell the business or transfer the business as the case would be and saying and i'll say ryan if you and i were sitting here two years from now what has had to have happened for you to be really happy to feel that this really was worked exactly how you wanted to go um, again, looking back over those two years, and generally they'll say, you know, this had to happen, that had to happen, so on and so forth. And so you've set some parameters, you have set some goals. So you first have established those exit goals. Uh, number two is then you have to analyze both the financial and the mental readiness, because this big step will identify not only not only the financial issues within the business, but there are men, uh, what mental dependence do you have on this business? Remember. Uh, I run a family I run a family enterprise with my sons in the business. I, I have no intention of walk, uh, of leaving my business for another 15 20 years but but as you think through these things just say you know if if and when I get to that point and as I look at it with my clients am I ready am I emotionally ready am I do I have a plan for for afterwards what do I have going on that I know that I'm ready to do it both not just financially but also emotionally and mentally and then the third thing is, is a discovery. What kind of a business owner are you? So, you know, are you a, a control and command and a conquer And my word is, my word is law kind of business owner. Are you more collaborative? How did, how did you bring up the team behind you? And that brings up a very critical point is, uh, and a part of the analysis we do are the family members ready. Um, mm-hmm. you know, we assume there's a competence there and a leadership component there. And are they ready to assume the mantle of taking over the business? And then, uh, after we've discovered what kind of a business owner are you are and, and the approach we take to this exit planning, we go to the fourth step, which is learn your exit options. Um, there's more than one <laughs> there's, there's more than one. And what's right for you at the time of your, your exit will help you determine the kind of ex- exit actions that best match your needs and your goals. And then you, clearly we need to to do evaluation of a quality of earnings. We need to know what the value of the exit is. And then ultimately to protect uh is the execute the plan. And we do that and we want to um we often say that here, you know, that here in our business we're defending your American dream. Um, and those of you who heard my story about how I'm a You know, immigrant, uh, a son of Latvian immigrants. My parents were both entrepreneurs and they came here in their young 20s to start their life together with the American dream. And that's what I really want fervently for my clients. I want to defend their American success story and amend, uh, defend their American dream and make sure we protect the assets. We do things properly tax-wise. We, we diminish and mitigate those family conflicts that can show up. And um, and that we execute that plan, defending that American success story.
0: Yeah, Bob, I love that. And man, we talk about the importance of a process on this show. A lot. I love that you do have, you know, those six steps to, to moving through that very big, very important process of creating that succession plan. But wh- I want to hit, you know, touch back on one thing that you mentioned, which is really a big theme in today's episodes. And that's that idea of family conflict and family harmony there on the flip side. How would you say that a well-crafted succession plan, you know, goes about, you know tackling this issue of of tackling family conflict you know maintaining family harmony and just you know ensuring that that sh- transition is as smooth as it can make it at least with with regard to the family per se
1: mm-hmm. well with within the virtual family office that we that we run here with our firm um we surround ourselves with technical experts from uh merger and acquisition to legal to uh, to you know the attorneys uh cpas who specialize in this business even on the property and casualty end and we really this is a team approach because very very early in my in my career i realized that most business owners don't have a coordinated team looking out for them yeah uh they don't i i recall i I may have even told this story before but i do recall a business owner that became a client of mine many years ago and One of the things that he said to me he said you know bob before i met you i had another financial advisor type guy and i worked together with him um but i realized i never knew when do i call him when do i call the attorney um they really they didn't even know each other and he went on to tell me he said i've spent my entire business life as an entrepreneur tearing down silos among the functional lines of my business i want accounting talking to shipping shipping talking to the warehouse folks uh i want everybody you know talking to marketing sales I, I want i want those silos torn down and he goes and i realized i had those silos in my life my attorney did what he did my cpa did what she did my my previous financial advisor did what they did but nobody put together a coordinated team and that's the foundation of what we do is the virtual family office is we put together an elite team of professionals are looking out for the best interest of our clients and so with that as a starting point we want to make sure we get all the right professionals involved into the process wherever it's appropriate to bring them into the process and then we go through those uh, some of the quite i can share with you some of the questions we ask ask that help inform um, as we're trying to set goals for the business again remember first first step is establish your exit goals right And we want to take you through that process. And then uh, once that work is done, then we understand what the next steps are. And then that leads to the idea that we need documentation in everything we do. Again, once again, you don't just hand the keys over and say, I'm going fishing, I'm going golfing, I'm going on a cruise. There's a process to do this. And there are two types of documents that need to be executed. One are kind of the collective documents for the family. Uh, for the family and for the business itself and the documents on how the transition the technical side of the transition is going to work and the other are personal documents and we really um again we want to defend the american dream of that entrepreneur who started this business if we go back to my reason for being which is to help successful entrepreneurs become financially independent of their companies we mean that we want you to be financially independent of your company and there are certain documents to protect your assets to mitigate taxes to take care of the heirs, to give generously to the causes that you care about and to uh, and to look out for your family. Those are the kinds of documents that need to be a part of this process.
0: Yeah, boys, it's really a comprehensive collective approach that you and your team are, are bringing to the table when it comes to the succession planning. And you've spent a lot of time looking at being knee deep within succession plans for a variety of business owners throughout your time in the industry, Bob. That being said, are there any issues or or mistakes even that you find that families don't often consider or maybe forget to to discuss within their succession plans just in your experiences
1: wow that's uh that's a big question um I, I think big picture oftentimes and i'm guilty of this too with my own family business Uh, There are times where the standards actually in some cases may be too strict and too tough and other times too leaning and too lax because this is my son, this is my daughter, this is a family member, maybe I'd have a little more documentation dot more I's cross more T's if this was a third party sale, so I think to treat this as a process to treat this as a formal documentation and to do it as a business owner not as a, um, a lenient dad or mom, as the case may be. I think that's one thing that we see often, which again leads into, you're never gonna eliminate all family conflicts. Anyone who's had Thanksgiving in my house knows that's never gonna be true, <laughs> right? It's just the view you know, of families get together and they you know, they, they thrive sure. sometimes on, they, You know, they push each other's buttons sometimes, but you really wanna mitigate them and you wanna protect the business and the future of the business from those things so let, let me give you an example of a couple of the questions we ask we try to ask um, I don't know that I'll go through all 10 or maybe maybe I will but there are really 10 kind of basic questions we ask uh, obviously we go, we go much deeper in the, in the corporate structure and uh, cash flow and quality of earnings and things like that but we uh, but one question that business owners need to think about a little bit is uh, you know how do you see your involvement in the business? Uh, changing or evolving in the future? How? Where do you see your involvement as you're transitioning throughout the sale? And then the other thing is, you know, there is life after the business is sold. Um, I promise everybody that. And so what's your next great adventure after you leave your business? You know, we we, we see that with, I mean, it's, it's told to retirees all the time. You can't just retire from something. You have to retire to something. Well, it's the same for, same for that business owner. And then you, ask yourself the defensive question what obstacles do you think could derail your business or personal goals in the coming years we want to defend against those we want to protect against those we want to identify them uh, because you can't solve a problem unless you first identify the problem Um, and you know what role does this business need to play to help you achieve your financial goals again if you're doing installment sales or asset sales or stock sales there are different ramifications of all of that and then oftentimes, again, once again, we ask and we want all the all the uh, interested parties, the important parties in, in the in this discussion, the planning is what's your plan for ownership interest in your business in the future, how do you plan to pass that on along. Um, number six, we say, what method or methods have you used to assess the value of your business, how confident are you in that process that you have a true valuation of, of that business. And uh, anyway, anyway, we have we have more, more and more questions, mm-hmm. including what our greatest challenges, what our greatest threats are, uh, and also our, what our greatest opportunities to make this a smooth, cohesive transfer of that American dream, that American success story, that family business going from one generation to the next successfully.
0: Yeah, that's fantastic. And I would imagine, you know, your clients during those conversations, Bob, they're grateful to, to get into the weeds of it because, boy, is it going to help lead to a better result there on the back end for them. Uh, but, Bob, as we're kind of bringing our conversation to head, and I think this is an important part of, of the succession plan process that's worth talking about, and that is once a family has a succession plan, boom, it's in place right then and there. How important would you say it is to revisit that plan? Like this isn't a one and done type oh. of thing, right? You know, what would you say about this?
1: Well, flexibility is the key because as we know, situations change. Uh, my goodness, just just tax rates change, you right. know, and, and, and corporate structure changes. And what may look good right now in 2022 is we're planning for a sale of a business in 2024, Tell me who's going to be president going to twenty or twenty-four. Tell me who's going to be in Congress. Tell me what the tax laws are going to be. So flexibility absolutely has to be built into this um, to be able to make those changes. So just like anything important in your financial life, these things need to be constantly looked at, uh, reviewed, modified as needed. So flexibility, I think, is the key.
0: Yeah, that's great. I appreciate you bringing that up. That's that's that is an important part of it, certainly. Uh, but Bob, for those that have been in our audience today, they're listening to this conversation. They're probably not in their heads. You know, maybe they have a succession plan in mind for their family business. Maybe they don't. They're realizing they're a little bit behind the eight ball here. And they're thinking to themselves maybe it'd be worth reaching out to you and your team to open up a dialogue talk a little bit about their unique situation and how it might play into this world of succession planning what would be the best way that they could reach out to you uh, and your team to just like i said open up that dialogue start the conversation
1: uh yeah please please come to us through our website and uh, it's oswego and through that website you can connect with us uh, set up a phone call, uh, reach out to us, send us an email, just let us know what your situation is. I would love to help you with your American success story. And I think one of the key, uh, the, the key things, and I, and I've want, I I hope I touched on it so, somewhat here, there are the technical aspects of the plan, but those, that human element and the family dynamics are just as important. And I think the thing, the one thing that differentiates me the most uh, for most people who do what I do is that I deeply understand that this is about so much more than money. This is about legacy. This is about family. This is about um, your marriage. It's about so much more than money. And And I deeply, deeply understand that. And I... Uh, you know, technically, I'm a financial advisor, but what I think, what I, I think, what I do is I really help successful families and businesses defend their American success story in a in a midst of a crazily uncertain world, socially, politically, economically, and we want to give that clarity, that confidence, take you away from wondering and worrying. Can, will I be okay? Can I make this happen and give you the clarity and confidence that you're going to be okay. And we can make this happen to your advantage and to your family's advantage and to the business's advantage.
0: Fantastic. Well, Bob, you are a busy guy. You've got a company to run, some clients to serve. We will let you get back to doing that today, but I appreciate you carving some time out to dive into this world of succession planning for our audience because boy, is it a big one, big conversation here, a lot to unpack within it. And, uh, I'm looking forward to jumping on with you the next time and and getting into another topic with you.
1: I really appreciate it. Thank you, Ryan.
0: All right. Thanks, Bob. And hey, look, as always, we're gonna take one final moment and thank you guys. That's our audience for jumping aboard and being with us here on the show today. If you took anything away from the conversation today, anything that Bob mentioned about this art, really, that is succession planning, you know, do us a favor, leave a comment for the show, subscribe to it on whichever platform you checked us out on today. And then of course, share this information with any friends, family, business owners, really anybody that you think would benefit from these types of conversations. Because at the end of the day, Bob and I, we're taking just the same types of conversations that he's having with his clients regularly over at Oswego Private Wealth, and we want to bring them right to you on this show. And because that's the case, that means we've got a lot of great conversations teed up for some future episodes, and we would hate to have you miss out on those. So always be sure to check back on the, you know, the platform that you watched us or listen to us today for new content. Well, look, for Bob, I'm Ryan. We're going to go ahead and say so long, but we appreciate you joining us one final time today on Lessons by the Link. Oswego Private Wealth Management Podcast may have been previously disseminated by Bob Adritis on television, radio, internet, or another medium. You should not treat any opinion expressed by Bob Adritis or his guest as a specific inducement to make a particular investment or follow a particular strategy, but only an expression of his or his guest's opinion. Madridis' opinions are based upon information he considers reliable, but neither Oswego Private Wealth Management nor its affiliates warrant its completeness or accuracy, and it should not be relied upon as such. Bodritus and Oswego Private Wealth Management are not under any obligation to update or correct any information provided. Investment advice offered by Oswego Private Wealth Management and does not guarantee any specific outcome or performance. You must make an independent decision regarding investments and strategies mentioned by Bedritus or a guest. Before acting on information you hear, you should consider whether it is suitable for your particular circumstances and strongly consider seeking advice from your own financial or investment advisor. This information is for general purposes only and is not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. Oswego Private Wealth Management does not provide legal, tax, mortgage advice, or services. Please consult your legal tax advisor regarding your specific situation.